0: What an awesome prayer! That I don't know if you thought about that song as a prayer, but build your kingdom here, win this nation back. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Well, we have a group that just returned from Honduras late last night. They've spent the last week. They left last Saturday, and they returned late last night. Would our Team from Honduras. I know there's several of you who braved getting up this morning and we're so thankful, but would y'all stand? Thank y'all so much for going. For going and just simply being the body of Christ and an extension of this church because every single one of you are a part of that mission. You might not have gone. Physically, but you are a part of that mission, and we're so grateful for it. We're just going to kind of jump in this morning to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came behind him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? That is a question everyone in Texas asks. (laughs) An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds, then tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field." though it was the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch on its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So he tells these parables Back to back, and every one of these parables begins with this phrase the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. And he's telling these stories that connect to the everyday life of the people that are hearing him. And typically, I think when we hear the kingdom of heaven is like, we think about heaven someday, somewhere, not here, not now. This is something God will do one day, you know, when we all get to heaven, what a joyous day that will be, or some glad morning, I'll fly away. It's somewhere else, not here, not now. But I wonder if Jesus has something different in mind when he talks about the kingdom of heaven. Maybe not somewhere else, some day off in the future, but what if Jesus' kingdom of heaven is something that is here and now today? What if it is not something that will happen to us, but something that we are participating in now? Think about Jesus' prayer as He's teaching His disciples to pray. He says, Father, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if the kingdom of heaven is about the disciples of Jesus, the people of God, bringing heaven to earth? Where heaven crashes into earth and through God's people, it's becoming a little bit more like the kingdom of God. I mean, think about Jesus' teaching. Take up your cross and follow me. The last or first. Turn the other cheek. Give to the one who asks. Pray for your enemies. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you live the way Jesus lived and has called His disciples to live, does this world become a better place? Absolutely. And it's in small ways that this kingdom grows. There's a song that Caleb and I have just learned to love recently by an artist named Phil Wickham. And it's a song that he wrote. I'm really hoping, Chuck, you're going to arrange this for us so that we can sing it here. Caleb is depending on you. So... If we don't get to, Caleb, it's Mr. Chuck's fault. But I want to read you, I'm not going to sing them, I'm going to read you the words, because I want you to hear the message of this song. If you curse me, then I will bless you. If you hurt me, I will forgive. And if you hate me, then I will love you. I choose the Jesus way. If you're helpless, I will defend you. If you are burdened, I'll share the weight. If you're hopeless, then let me show you there's hope in the Jesus way. If you strike me, I will embrace you. And if you chain me, I will sing His praise. And if you kill me, my home is heaven, for I choose the Jesus way. And the chorus is simply, I follow Jesus, I follow Jesus. He wore my sin. I'll gladly wear His name. He is my treasure. He is the answer. I choose the Jesus way. And the message of that song is one of those, I think, right here we all believe. We, we know, like you read the Sermon on the Mount, and you're like, okay, that is a better way to live but I think we have some difficulties in truly believing it right here. And, and I think that the difficulties are, are this. It, one, takes too long. Right? That's not the quick way to get things done. And then the second is, it just doesn't work. We, we don't see that in our world making progress. We don't see the world becoming a better place when you simply lay your life down and when you serve other people. Like it doesn't make this massive, grand impact that's visible and that can be seen. And it doesn't show up on the news, and it doesn't make your Facebook reels. It's like it's happening, and we don't see it. But I think the beauty of these parables is I think they address these two difficulties that we have as followers of Jesus. First of all, it takes too long. And so Jesus, he tells this parable of weeds and wheat. He says there's this guy who goes out and he sows really good seed in this field, And it starts to to kind of sprout. And then an enemy comes along and throws weeds into the wheat. And then his servants come and say, hey, we got a great idea. We're going to go out into the field right now, right away. And we're going to get all the weeds that we can out of there. And then we're going to go burn them and get rid of them. And Jesus says, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Instead of doing that, I want you to be patient. And I want you to let them all grow up together. And then once it's time for the harvest, then we will go and we'll separate them. Because if you do it right now when it was planted, then you stand the chance to lose a significant amount of the grain, of the wheat. So let's take a step back and be patient and wait. Let's wait. Which is not what we like to hear. Right? But these parables that we've been talking about right, are stories of everyday life with deep rooted spiritual truths. So the question is then, where are the deeper truths within this story? Is Jesus talking? So later on, Jesus comes to his disciples and explains this parable to them. And he says, The, the good wheat is the children of the kingdom of God that are in this world, that are doing good. And then the weeds are the children of the evil one who are doing his work in this world. And at the time of the harvest, we will gather them together and we will sort them because we will be able to tell the difference between the two by what they look like. And so we're going to wait. And the weeds and the wheat are going to live together. But the weeds aren't going to kill off the wheat. We'll just wait to the harvest, and then we'll separate them. We'll know by what they look like. So, we talked about last week that so many of these people following Jesus were waiting for Messiah. They were waiting for an earthly king to come in to hold up the sword and say, Let's go. Because then Rome is not going to be in charge. Then the Gentiles and the pagans aren't going to rule. Then God's kingdom is going to come. And then we're going to have peace. Then we're going to get revenge or retribution because God's justice is going to come to them, but it's also going to come to us. And we're on the right side, and they're not. And I think there's a whole lot of people standing around Jesus waiting for this revolution speech, this call to arms. Let's go. Let's go out there and pull up the weeds out of the fields. Let's go get rid of the pagans. Let's go get rid of the Gentiles. Let's go get rid of Rome. We don't need them. And Jesus' message is no, 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 no. Wait. Be patient. I know it takes a long time. But you have to wait. In Peter, he tells us, but don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Repentance. Just be honest, it's a lot easier to be more grateful for God's patience with us than it is for us to be grateful for God's patience with other people. It's really easy to say, God, I'm so thankful that you're patient with me. It's a lot more difficult to say, God, I'm so glad that you're patient with someone who's hurt me. Someone who has spoken badly of me. Someone who has oppressed me. Someone who has taken from me. Someone who has abused us, disregarded us, wronged us. Our prayer is not, God, be patient. Our prayer is, Lord, come quickly. But Jesus' parable is, be patient. Be patient. Wait. This kingdom takes time. And then the second difficulty, I think, is simply, it doesn't work. We don't see that moving the needle. If we want to win this nation back, it comes through politics. It comes through the right person in office. It comes from legislation. It doesn't come from the people of God living like the people of God. for these people, it doesn't come by laying your life down and taking up your cross. It comes by a sword. Because we see, we've seen throughout the history of the world, revolutions happen. And someone comes in who's bigger and stronger, and they take over, and they're the new power. Until someone who's bigger and stronger, comes along and takes over, and they're the new power. And we have nation built on top of nation, and civilization built on top of civilization. Because we've continued to do our own way. And Jesus steps into the midst of this culture into this context and says, "Hey, I know it does not look like it works. I know you don't see it. But it's happening." Because the kingdom of God is like this this mustard seed And it's planted in the ground where no one sees it. And it starts to grow into this massive, beautiful plant. And it's like yeast that's put into this massive amount of flour and it's worked and it's worked and needed and needed. And just over time, it starts... To grow. And here's the thing. You don't see it working until the point you finally see the evidence of it. But just like with the first parable, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. We wait. And we trust that Jesus' way is greater. We trust that laying our life down and saying the last or first or turn the other cheek or give to the One who asks or love and pray for our enemies or love your neighbor as your son. We trust that there is hope in that way, in Jesus' way of life. This last week I saw a little short reel on YouTube. And it was a guy who was, had gone to some massive, massive protest. or I'm sorry, this massive, massive rally. And it was something with um, pride and all those types of things that are going on right now. And he was a single person with a megaphone, and he was out in the middle of the crowd yelling and screaming at people. And his video was entitled, basically, I'm Being Persecuted for My Faith. My first thought is, no, you're being persecuted because you're a moron. (laughs) Because my, my assumption is that's not how Jesus would approach the situation. It it doesn't mean we don't stand up for what we believe in. It doesn't mean everything doesn't ma- I mean it doesn't mean any of that. But I think it does mean being salt and light looks different than what we assume. Because it doesn't happen in these massive grandiose ways. It happens in one on one relationships. It happens with the person who lives next door to you. It happens when we love our neighbor as ourselves. It happens when we are loving and caring to the people that we work with, or that we see in the grocery store, or the children that we teach. It doesn't happen with a bullhorn. It happens with us laying our life down and serving and loving people the way Jesus did. But I know, I know, I know, I know our our difficulties there. It takes too long, and it just doesn't work. But I think what Jesus would say to you and I is no, it does. It does. Be faithful. Follow me. Be patient. And just because you don't see the evidence of it doesn't mean it's not working. See, because that, that guy was claiming that he was out there defending God. But do you know that God does not ask you to for, to defend him? He asks you to be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have. He asks you to defend the weak and the fatherless and the widow and the poor and the oppressed. He does say it's mine to avenge; I will repay. But on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing these things, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil. I'm sorry, do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. He does say that. He does tell us the way that you live Your life matters. See, occasionally I'll talk to someone who says, Well, you know, something obscure. I want, God, I think, wants me to go to Africa and and feed orphans. And I'll usually say, Well, maybe so. But that's not where God has you right now. See, I don't don't think God's greatest concern is where you are. I think God's greatest concern is is your faithfulness wherever you are. It's your ability to follow Him regardless of what this world looks like. And the question, the question for you, is do you have the courage to be faithful to the call of Jesus when it seems like it's not working? When it seems like it's taking too long? Do you have the courage to continue to follow Jesus? Father, we thank you so much for this time. Father, for your words to us this morning through these parables. Father, may we be people who follow You regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it means for our life, regardless of what happens to us because of it. But Father, may we have the courage to stand in faith and to love and be Your hands and feet in this world. May the world see what You are like because of our faithfulness to You. We thank you so much, Father, that you took our sins to the cross, and, Father, that you have been patient with us. Would you allow us the ability to celebrate your patience with others who still don't know you in hopes, Father, that they would come And find Jesus. And Father, may we as your church be your light in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.